one. Hey guys, you're here with Dr. Molly and Todd Rowland, and we're bringing you another episode of the podcast, the business side of the pet industries. And today we're going to do a rants and raves on PetQuest. As you guys know, we just spent four days up in Wilmington, Ohio at PetQuest, and we brought most of our team, all of them that could come. We had Ethan there who was competing in Poodles and Creative. And we just had a great time. We had just jam-packed days of education. We had some team-building stuff and just had an all-around great weekend, got some good products, some new things to try out. And uh, Todd and I took three days' worth of nonstop business classes, so we learned a lot. We got to meet a lot of great people, uh, good speakers, business leaders, um, just everything was just, for the most part, we had a great time. So today we just want to kind of talk about some of the things we thought were awesome and went well, and then we want to talk about a few of the things that we saw that just didn't go so well or that we heard over and over, repeated by some people. Um, And really nothing to do with the classes we took, the education, or the competitions. Uh, We're talking about feedback we heard from other people. Correct. Uh, No, we thought the education was great. All the classes we sat through, a lot of industry leaders who had a lot to say, a lot of knowledge to bring. Our team members took uh, educational classes the entire time. They had nothing but positive things to say. I think they uh, bought lots of new equipment. Yeah. So that is, I guess, the first little rave um, that I want to throw out there is just the content that our people got. We got a lot of feedback. We make them, in addition to the speaker forums, they have to fill out whether or not they thought the class was worth it to take. If it's a class in the future that we should put a team member through if they got anything out of it. And then overall, they just had to fill out basically an evaluation at the end of it saying, what are some of the key things they learned, some of the you know key things they didn't like, and that kind of stuff. And so we take that and we look at it and you know we take all that into consideration when we are planning the next team training activity. And overall, I mean, everyone learned a lot. And it was like, you know, in between classes, you know, you have these hour breaks and you meet up and you ask them how it's going. And they're so excited because they heard about some new product or a new tool or some new cream they want to try, or just all these uh, different techniques, scissor over, you know, things that some of them, you know, we were fortunate enough to bring a couple of our newer team members. And this is the first time they've got to go to one of these expos and, you know, listen to this kind of talent and speakers and be immersed in that kind of product availability. And even though it was a smaller show compared to some of them, and I guess, this was our first year at PetQuest, but we've heard it was a little smaller than normal. But they had a phenomenal time, learned a lot, picked up a lot of great gear, products, equipment. And like I said, just all of that was just top notch. They really didn't have a whole lot of any negative feedback for any. And they were in skills classes the whole time. And so, I mean, for them, some of our groomers have been grooming 20 years. And so for them to still be able to go to these skill classes and pick something up, that's just a really big rave that we have for PetQuest. Okay, so I'm going to get into a few things that, again, speaking was great, topics were great, the educational classes from our team, everything came back positive. We had a great overall time there. So I'm going to go on a little raves of some stuff that we heard, had conversations with other people about, and we've actually connected with some of these people, and we'll have them on when their schedule allows and our schedule allows. Um, One of them being, the whole entire time you're at one of these conventions, all you you hear and also in the Facebook groups, charge your worth, charge your worth, charge your worth. Do you even know what your worth is? We sat through a couple of financial classes and people, you know, raised their hand, had comments. And again, 
top-notch speakers and and the material was great but after the class hallway talk things like that constantly heard i can't charge that in my area i wish i could do that i can't charge that and so i kept thinking to myself what research are, are people doing i mean did they leave PetSmart and open a salon or a mobile grooming van and just raise their prices $10 an hour? Are they going after the clients or not going after them, but are they advertising to the clients that used to go to PetSmart or Petco or, you know, these big box stores, not putting those down. I mean, that's where people got to go. That's where they got to go. Phenomenal people work there. We've got a lot of team members that came there. Molly used that, to work there. Yeah, that's where I got so, I mean, start. I'm not bashing that, but that is, you know, that that's just on the lower end. And that's where, um, you know, and I can say I'm guilty of that. When I started, I came from a corporate store, started my mobile underpriced compared to, which mobile wasn't so so big as it is and popular as it is now in our area. But all I did, I, what was our PetSmart prices? And I went up about $10 more. Oh, I come to your home. I did no research on how I should price. I didn't know what my expenses were. I didn't know what I needed to make. I set no boundaries on my schedule. And so I was just running all over, doing whatever, no concept of what I was making, what I needed to make, what I needed to charge. And and that's a lot of what we're seeing in the feedback that we were getting from, you know, out of these classes because the class itself was set up to sh- not only tell you to charge your worth, but show you how to determine your worth. And everyone's bottom line is different. Everyone, what they need to make is different and everyone's goals are different. But if you don't know that information, you don't know that information. So like Todd said, you don't know that you can't charge that. Yeah. So we were looking at or listening to people talk and engaging and I kept hearing that over and over again. And one thing I always say is, how do you know this information? What research have you done to determine that you can't charge this? Uh, but you know, I'll hear this too. I, I wish I could charge that, but I can't in my area. In the same sentence, I'm booked out an entire year. So, you know, let's start raising some prices. I know people are scared to lose customers. And like uh, we've talked about this before, each one of our groomers, even I have people that we do uh, lower price for. We all have a few people that we have a heart for. We're, you know, we have hearts. So we're going to, there are, you know, Miss So-and-so whose husband died that's been with us for five years. Income has gotten slashed. She can't afford us anymore. Our people are in love with that dog. We'll keep doing her for that price. But we're allowed to have a few of them. You know, we're real people. But it's also a business that's not a charity. And I know a lot of people got into this industry or not industry, went out on their own because they were unhappy with the big box retailers or a privately owned salon. But do your research. What is your local mechanic? And I'm not talking about Joe's mechanic shop in his backyard garage. I'm talking about because you're a professional, I'm talking about what is the local Ford, Chevrolet, BMW dealership charging per hour, per labor in your area? They're not charging $40, guys. They're charging $90 to $120 an hour. So if people can afford to have their car serviced there, that's, you know, you're, you can start looking at your rates that way too. Um, Again, you have to figure out your numbers, what works for you. Do you have a van payment? Do, you know, Is your house payment $3,000 a month, and so you need to make $12,000 a month? So you have to come up with your budget and figure out what you need to charge. And I do know it's harder once you've been in business for two or three years to make big adjustments like that. But like, you know, we tell people, start out with your new customers. Well, I'm, I'm fully booked for the year, okay? 
when people call in, quit telling them that you're fully booked. You're, tell them this new happy price that would make you happy. You know, if you're charging $60 a groom right now and you would be happy to charge 85 anybody who calls for that Pacific dog, 85 Every one of those customers you get, lose one of the other customers you don't need. Or raise, start raising rates and you will lose a few people. I mean, you'll lose some people over $2. Well, and the thing is, everyone, every groomer, Every business has customers you don't want. So start there. Go through your books and go through your clients and start saying, yeah, I don't ask yourself, do you enjoy going to that house? Do you enjoy going to that dog? Do you enjoy dealing with that owner? And if your answer is no to any of that, those are the people you start with. And, you know, that may weed out enough that you can just get this, you know, pick two a week even, you know, pick one a week. Just, you know, start somewhere. Yeah. And just start implementing it. And, you know, we're rolling out a whole new policy in January for our mobiles um, as far as appointment times go. And, you know, we are going from now a set appointment time to you'll just have a specific day. And that's a big change for a lot of people. And, you know, if they need a specific day or a specific time, there'll be a new fee for that. And, you know, it's a hard concept for probably half of our our people to accept or 25%. You know, most of them are, they're used to us coming kind of whenever and they know we do not at home, but we're starting that now. Like they'll get their first, you know, policy update in July, then they'll get it in October, November, December, and then we'll implement it in January. So, I mean, just because you want to make these changes, set a goal and create a path of how to get there and what steps to take. It doesn't have to be all at one time. I'd also say if you, since pre-2020 have not if you've been in business before COVID and you have not sat down on a weekend and reanalyzed all your expenses and things like that, you need to do that because, for example, the area that our salon in, when we opened it up in 2016? Four so, years ago. We just had, we literally just had a four-year anniversary, so. Okay, so. <laughs> 19, 2019. 2019. <laughs> okay, so our prices were significantly lower than they are now. Of course, they went up during COVID. Also, Talk to a local realtor. 100,000 new families have moved into the area that our salon is, and they bought houses that were double and triple or had them built than what were in our area. So our area has changed. I mean, it was on the lower income level of the state, and Molly has done the research. We have the low, some of the lowest level of incomes, but we also have the... Yeah, our county has more millionaires um, percentage, a higher millionaire percentage in our county than any other county in the state. But we also have one of the highest percentages of the lowest income, like poverty, poverty level. Yeah. So, and yet our salon is priced 20 to $40 more than every other salon in our area. And so... Just this year, in 2023, we've had two new people move into the area, or, or that were from the area, that opened up their own shops. Like Molly said, they came in at 20 to $40 cheaper than we went. Yes, they are fully booked advertising on Facebook. I'm fully booked for the month. You know, you need to book your appointment for next month. Well, we're expanding. I mean, we've, you know, there's four people that work at our salon. We're looking for, uh, probably to start looking for another person, and we're so much higher than them. But what do we offer we offer continuing education. Our people are constantly being educated. Our packages are all inclusive. We're not offering a thirty dollar whatever and then adding before you get checked out. They're you know at seventy six dollars because they're charging twelve dollars for teeth brushing and so. And you're on. just hoping they get these add-ons and you know. You also got to be good at sales if you're doing that. You get them in the door. You got to up them. But you're also there's nothing wrong with people that can't afford more. I'm glad there's a place that. 
is open for people, but quit saying people in my area can't pay this. I wish I could charge that without doing the research because like, like I said, our particular area that our salon's in has drastically changed in the last three years. And it's not just because of inflation. Yes, that is a factor, but it's also because the, you know, the population has changed. One other thing is, is if you're a mobile groomer, I see people not changing their pricing and then they're, they have to replace a van. Well, a van that you bought eight years ago for maybe brand new for 75000 is now 120000 if you're going the hand your you know, wagon tails route. And so you raise your prices to help pay for your new van, but not to help your household. So just that was probably one of my biggest pet peeves from when I've, that I kept hearing is I, would, I, can't, I can't charge that Mary up. Okay. And, and you know what? Maybe some of those people have done the research and they legitimately can't charge that. But you need to go back and look at your business model. Like we talked to one lady. She drives an hour to in her mobile van every day. But once she's there, she doesn't drive more than 10 minutes to each appointment because she's got a riding down. But she's driving to the most expensive zip code in her area. She's not targeting people in her neighborhood because they can't afford what she's charging. Yeah. So just know what you want to charge, know what you want to offer, know what your target market is, and know how to reach them. And if you need ideas, you know, reach out. The you know, let us know. You know, we'd love to talk to you. I mean, that's a conversation we'd love to have with somebody. Or you know, reach out on some of the groups. Or if you have other local groomers, you know, start a network. We're lucky enough. We've got the groomers in our area. You know, I mean, you have a couple wherever you go, but. You know, we're outside of Nashville. We've got a Nashville group. We've got a Middle Tennessee Groomers group. We have a Middle Tennessee Pet Professionals group. I mean, that's but, just our local. Yeah, and that was one thing. We were in a class, uh, happened to be a mobile class, and there was about three people in that class that were either opening up in the next couple of weeks, finishing building up their van, or their van was being delivered or trailer being completed. And, you know, I said, you know, get with your other local groomers that are mobile they're probably booked up. Everybody's booked up. Everybody's, you know, overworked. And raise your, go up $10 from what they're charging. If they can't get people in, people will pay 5 or $10 more to get in with you. But again, again, for some reason in this industry, people want to come in and charge 5 or $10 less, hoping that they can get their books filled. Well, guys, $100, I mean, 100 clients a month at $10, I mean, there's your bank account. Yeah, that's your van payment. So another thing, so we'll kind of wrap that portion up um another thing you know this people kept asking us oh wow you have all your team here no we only we have about 75 percent of our team here how long have they been with you so we start you know just chatting about that gosh i can't hire anybody or i can't get anybody to work for me i can't get anybody to stay so this one particular person was in several of our uh classes and she asked questions and all this and i had already told molly after about the third class very nice lady, but the things that she was bringing up, I, I wouldn't work for her. I don't think Molly would. I know our team wouldn't work for her. You know, one thing is she made everybody work Saturday. She thought that everybody has to work Saturday. The largest family-owned salon in the state of Indiana is closed every weekend. They believe their their employees should have off on the weekends. Now, our mobile – actually – I mean, our salon is open seven days a week. However, it's because that's when our employees want to work. We have a person that only wants to work the weekends. We have a person that wants to work uh, Tuesday through Saturday to, because that's what his fa- that's what's best for his family. Personally, we wouldn't be open on the weekends because 
and this is what she said. The lady said, well, I need everybody to work because we're booked out the most on Saturdays. People, if you're not open on Saturday, people will find a way to get their dogs there to you. No, you might have to have a late night, an early drop off, you know, to one day a week or something. Yeah, my first two and a half years at our salon here, I was Monday through Friday. Fully booked. And our mobiles, like, when I first started, like I said, I would take anything. I was working Monday through Sunday, even if it was one dog a day. Oh, you need Sunday afternoon at 1 o'clock. Okay, I'll be there. And it was like, you can't run your life that way. And so, eventually, you know, after I had missed one too many family events on a Saturday or one too many important things because I was working, I said, I'm not doing it anymore. And I decided then that if everyone that was on my book for the month, that was it. And I, I would not be working another weekend. And I told my customers. And so, you know, let, let's say I had, you know, five dogs a day or five or six dogs a day on Saturdays. Out of those five or six, every week you'd have at least one or two. You know, everyone wants a weekend until something better comes up. That is our biggest day that we've ever had cancellations, that we have no calls. We have, you know, people running late, people picking up late, because something else better will always come up besides getting their dog groomed. And yes, I lost a few customers, but most of them just adapted. They left a key. We had, you know, built that relationship. And I said, I'm sorry, I'm just not working weekends anymore. I have to have a work-life balance on Monday through Friday. And you know what? 95% of people will make that adjustment. Or like, you know, if this if this business owner is adamant that her salon is open on, on Saturdays, it's her business. She's entitled to that. If people want to work for her, then they need to understand that that's part of their job. But maybe not have every single one of your groomers work on Saturdays, maybe alternate Saturdays. You know, there's ways to accommodate both worlds. And then you have to look at who's applying for your job. And some one of the speakers made a great thing. If you have one person complaining about something out of a, a staff, it's maybe them. If you have more than one, you got two or three complaining, you have to look at yourself as the business or the manager and think, you know, maybe I need to open my eyes. Like one of the people were complaining that their customers or their employees don't like pulling cards or their uh, client cards in the morning. We're all like, you're still using client cards. But, you know, I also heard, we'll get off that. I also heard uh, we're, you know, talking about software and things and people were, oh, this is what it was, Saturday cancellations. And we're like, well, we charge a no. I mean, we were in the class on Saturday and we had someone cancel 10 minutes out there. supposed to be there. We hit charge the card on file while we're in the class. Um, and people are like, Oh well, I I don't I'm too nervous to keep credit cards on file. What do you mean keep them on file? I mean, are you making a copy of them, stick them in their file folder? Like that should be part of your software that they're on there. Well, that makes me nervous in case something happens. Well, one, you have business insurance. Two, your software doesn't even show your employees, but the last four digits of the card. Um, and if you can't trust your employees, you don't. They they don't need to be your employees. Exactly, and I mean. I also heard, like, you know, we do use MoGo. Where this is not a commercial for MoGo. We have used several other softwares, and we've talked about that in previous episodes. I'll just tell you that our MoGo bill is um, $800 a month. And previous, before MoGo, we had a full-time scheduler, and we're paying about, what, $200 a month, Molly? Yeah, two two fifty. Okay, we've replaced that person and went to MoGo, and now we're paying $800 a month, but we've lost a full-time person plus the 200 and it takes about 10 hours a week to handle our mobile scheduling now we're not talking about our salon front this is strictly mobile that i'm talking about so you know get you know but 
so would you rather pay a full-time employee and then $200 a month for software, or would you rather pay you know, $800 a month for software and pay someone 10 hours a week to handle your scheduling with six mobiles? So, you know, think about that. Another thing that kind of said to Molly a couple of times, a lot of people are so worried about little things like software or I can't afford it. You can't save money unless you're making money. Yeah, exactly. And like, just to kind of go on on the software, that was a thing. We heard a lot of people say, oh, I can't afford that. Or I'm using this because it's free. Or I'm using this because of this. And then, you know, in the next breath, they go on. Well, it's not user-friendly. Or the system crashes all the time. Or it's not reliable. You know, that's what you get with free software. That's what you get with cheap software. It's one of those things, you know, we've said several times on other things, like you can't afford not to, like taking care of your body. You can't afford not to do it. Setting boundaries with customers. You can't afford not to do it. Having a software you can rely on and copies and things that you and your employees can get to, you cannot afford not to. Like, we do not have to worry. That was one of our big things when we switched to Mogo is our other software, which, yes, I mean, granted, we did pay for it, but sometimes system would crash for five minutes, 10 minutes. It was down for three hours one day, and this is a big brand software. It's not like we were using, you know, Frank's, you know, value plus software. And with Mogo, and again, like, we don't get any endorsement or anything, but we are just trying to, that's a tool that, that is the best scheduling tool we have found out there. And we use it in our salon too, but it is consistent. They have backup servers for their backup servers. And it's like, uh, one lady was like, well, what if it goes down? I said, it doesn't matter if it goes down because our thing is set up to send us an email every morning before our employees start. I have their schedules, people's address and contact numbers. If it does hit print or I email it out to our employees and they can see it. We can get by that day. Like, we're not running in the dark if the software goes down. Again, we're not, I'll just keep saying this, we're not paid by Mogo. Although, if they want to send us a pay, we'll, we will promote <laughs> them even more. Um, but st- I think it was starting mid-November. We we scheduled pretty much times with almost every big software out there. And that's just the one that fit us the most. Like, we literally, we did the conference calls, WebEx, everything, and watched the software, you know, got to go in and play with it. And that was just the one that we realized, hey, this one is for us. I can also tell you guys, as a non-groomer, that the software, to me, was the most user-friendly for non-grooming people to understand and so we're looking at that as we hire more people to handle things. Yeah, and I'll tell you as a very non-IT person that it is very <laughs> user-friendly compared to what we had. And what you don't know, they have the best tutorial page. They have their Mogo Wiki page or whatever it's called. And, I mean, it has a step-by-step or a video or their help desk. I mean, it doesn't matter almost 24 hours a day, you get on there and you send them a chat and they send you back. They answer, they respond. That You need something, they don't offer it, you send them, you know, two months later, that is written in their in their software. And one and one reason, like we keep bringing this up, is because it was something constantly, and we weren't we weren't even really talking about our software. It was just people were, you know, in these classes before, after, we're just kind of talking about things and people would be like, uh, oh yeah, that would love that, but I can't, I, I would, would switch, but I can't afford it, or or this, that, and the other. And I'm just like, you know, you know, if you're a one-person show, there's nothing wrong with that. If you're still pen and paper, there's nothing wrong with that. But at, at some point, if you're going to take your business to another level, you know, if you're going to go from owning your job, which is where if you 
are not working. You know, you may own the business. It's your van. It's your salon. But if you don't work, you don't get paid. That's really considered owning your job. Yeah. Me, me and Molly cannot work in this business for a month at a time, and it will still pull money out. I mean, our, the business does not, we do not generate revenue for the company other than Molly still has what, 10 or 11 dogs you do a month? Uh, more like six or seven. Yeah, not even. I've cut that back still. Yeah. And that's because I, mean, I can't bring myself to let them go. <laughs> I mean, uh, we're, you know, she's speaking, we're traveling for the business, we're coaching. Uh, you know, I wasn't there to promote our coaching business. We are not taking any more customers until August the 1st for that because we are wrapping up our project to go into opening up our kennel. You know, we're also, we've got another thing that's in the pipeline that we're going to roll out at the beginning of the year, totally different um, avenue for us. I'm not going to say too much until we've got all that grounded. But so we're not taking any more coaching. So we, we didn't offer that service to anybody. But there was a couple of people. I'm like, you know, Molly, we should just offer a free hour to help these people. But again, we weren't there for that. We were there for to support our team and to take some classes ourselves because it. Even though Molly has her doctorates and it's in a lot of the cl- about what we were there to learn, you can never stop learning. I also heard many people say, you know, my other shop that I was at, they would never let me off to come to one of these. Yeah. I hope that shop realizes why they don't have employees. Yeah. If you're a business owner or you're an employee at this point and you're hearing this, like education, continuing education, groomers are burnt out. Anyone in the pet industry, anyone anywhere is burnt out right now. And like going to these things, even if our employees did not learn a single thing, even if we did not learn a single thing, it is energizing and it reinvigorates you. And you come back excited to get in the salon and excited to have a dog on your table, just being in that environment. So you can say, oh, I can't afford to let them off or I can't afford this. That's another thing. You can't afford not to like let you need to go yourself. You need to close your doors and go. Even if it's just one of those day-long seminars, you don't have to, you know, shell out thousands of dollars and stay in a hotel and airlines and travel to one of these bigger shows. Not everyone can afford that. It may, might not. It might need to be something you need to plan for. But look and see. I mean, just in our little local city, there was a really well-known speaker that was there doing a, a coat-type class this weekend, and it was open to any groomer. You know, again, that's where those... Uh, local, you know, groups come in. We've, you know, that's the second continuing education class that's been in our local area. I mean, it, for our people to go to one of them, it's probably an hour and 15 minute drive. But I still consider that local. But that's two within a month's time that's been in our local area that did not require, and anybody can afford, uh, one of them might have been 80, one of them might have been 125, 150. If if you can't afford to send one of your employees to that, then you need to really reevaluate your business plan. And so that was kind of my rant about things. One of the, I, this is kind of a rant slash a rave. So we had some one on one time with some of our employees. We did a podcast with Ethan. I hope you guys have listened to it. If you've not, please check it out. But I'm not going to name the employee name. Um, but we were talking about different salons she used to work at and how she had to pay to go to these expos herself. But the ones that she's been to before, she's not been to many. Um, but one of the things we were talking about, and she said, this is my dream job. And we were talking about, you know, why did you leave your last salon? You know, she's this particular employee's been with us for a long time now. She was working in a very, very, and we, we kind of knew the story, but we just got more details. She was working in a very affluent area. And they, 
were having people work 12 hours a day because they were so overbooked. And basically, it was a doodle salon. Yep. They basically were only getting doodles. Like I always say, a doodle is equivalent in our area, to, and I'm sure a lot of areas, to a Louis Vuitton or Chanel handbag. It is a status symbol of wannabe wealth, I guess. And But I'm like, so they kept, she said they had to keep working. People kept quitting because they were doing 12-hour days, nothing but large Five doodles. Five or six doodles a day. So the shop owner went from having five or six groomers, uh, don't know the exact numbers, but somewhere around there, and people kept leaving. But yet they were guilt tripping the employees that were still there. Oh, we got to stay. We have all these customers. We have to, you know, the, all the shop owner had to do was double the prices. Yeah. And people were like, double the price? Yeah, who cares if you lose half your customers? They were in an affluent area. That, the half that stay will make up for the half that leave. <laughs> and you'll keep your employees happy. So, you know, we have a doodle specialist on our team. They can do three doodles a day. Well, they could do more, but, you know, we schedule her more. But she enjoys it, you know, and no. that's at our do- exclusive doodle pricing, which is what Outrageous. earlier, our happy price. <laughs> like, you know, at w- last year we had quit taking any dog over 35 pounds because we were getting so many doodles. And, I mean— Occasionally, we get a lot of German Shepherds and things, too, but uh, mainly doodles. Uh, every other call was a doodle. And, oh, my my mini doodle that weighs 65 pounds and blah, blah, blah. And so it was, like, to the point where, you know, luckily, again, like, I know, I, I know what it's like to have seven big dogs a day and, you know, work and also do some other stuff. And we – so we try to s- set the limit, like, two to three big dogs a day. And so – you know, we did have quite a few on our books, but we just quit taking big ones. And finally, it was like, okay, well, we will come up with some astronomical number that we're going to start charging for these larger dogs. And people will say yes or no. And if they say no, great. We don't want a b- another big dog. If they say yes, our groomers are knocking down the door to groom this dog because their commission will be so high on it. And it's no different than the doodle we had last year, but it's just that, you know, that's you know, people don't look and see that there's a groomer available before they get these dogs. And that's, you know, that's... Also, guys, don't be afraid to say if you want to continue to be, a, if you're taking doodles or other type of dogs, don't be afraid to tell people, your dog has to come in every four weeks or we have to come to you every four weeks or we're not doing this dog anymore. Don't worry about charging them a matting fee or anything. Just, which, I mean, we have a matting fee if a dog's mad it. But I'm saying, if you do not like doing this certain type of dog, but now they've gave, given you your happy price, but now maybe they only want to have it done once every three months because they're paying the happy price. No, no, no. That's not how it works. This happy price is for a maintenance groom. But, you know. Yeah. And so now, yeah, we have a doodle specialist, and she can make more on three doodles as if, you know, we gave her six or seven small dogs. And so... I mean, she doesn't mind doing three big dogs a day, even if they are 65, 85, 90 pound doodles, because it's at that great price where she doesn't have to rush. She doesn't have to kill herself. And she's making as much as if she had a whole day's worth of nonstop back to back other appointments. And she just likes doodles. So, <laughs> I mean, and she cuts, puts out some phenomenal grooms. Um, but I will say, you know, out of every 10 people that, that, inquire about a doodle pricing we might have one person that may even go past the and start asking some other questions doesn't even mean they can commit but that's okay we don't need 
a hundred doodles. Well, and it's not even, I mean, it's mainly doodles, but it's big dogs in general because, I mean, you guys, you have to take care of your bodies. You have to take care of your bodies. We cannot say that enough. Um, you know, your arms, your backs, your feet, you're standing, you're sitting, you're pulling, you're wrestling with these dogs. And so, like, um, we just have to make sure that you are not overdoing it and killing yourself. Yeah, you have to take care of yourself. Again, it doesn't. This one doesn't matter if you're a single owner operator, or an employee, or you're you own uh, multiple units and salons. You have to take care of yourself, and you also have to take care of your employees. You can. The quickest way to end your business is overwork all your employees and run them off. The word gets out. Yeah, and that's you know. Another thing that we kept hearing, again, not from the speakers, because like I said, the speakers were great. We learned a ton and just, you know, met some really awesome people. But like from the feedback from the people taking these classes with us and again, like, oh, my boss won't let me or I could never tell them that. Like if they need, they, everyone needs groomers. Everyone needs employees. Like and it might not be something, and we've touched on this before, that you can implement tomorrow. You may be booked out two months, but say, hey, once my book passed when I'm already booked, I'm, I'm not doing more than three big dogs a day. I physically can't do it. If you want me to quit or to get injured or to get so burnt out that I can't come to work, then, you know, but just set that boundary. And if you're an employer, you can do things to say no. Like you, you know, at our salon right now, we're... We, we need another groomer, but we're booked out three weeks, and that's with a new employee we just hired. And we have openings before that, one or two here or there for small dogs, but big dogs are calling, and we're booking them out. And it's not that, you know, employee A doesn't have an opening next Tuesday at 3 o'clock, but she already has three big dogs that day. I'm not giving her another one. And so just think about those things because— And we're charging enough if we don't even book her another small dog. She's still making plenty of money in that day. Yeah. So that's good. Uh, one last thing, too. I kind of heard this sometimes. People in salons sometimes will—they have a great groomer. They have five or six groomers, and they have the great— Well, this one has the top sales. This one's been with me the longest. And they make this person a manager— does this person have any management skills? Maybe not. Maybe they do turn out to be a good manager. But in other industries, we don't just – people – when I say we don't pick because I was in other industries and grew leadership teams. But you don't just pick someone because they've got your back or – They've been with they, you the longest. Or they've been with you the longest. Or our customers love Sally. Like That's why she's our manager. If you're not going to be there – or if you're even going to be there, maybe you want to groom and you don't want to be bothered with the day-to-day. -day, and so you do put a manager in there. Like maybe you like to come to your shop and groom two dogs a day and then go do other things. You need to have somebody there that represents your business like you would, which you're never going to find that exact person. But don't put somebody in a manager position that – unless you're going to educate them. Yeah, don't put someone in a spot because of – whatever reason or you think they're a good fit or because they've been with you or because they want to try leadership i mean put them in there and if teach them train them show them how to communicate show them how to de-escalate show them how to have customer service show them your policies and your procedures step by step and do role play and have scripts and you cannot just put someone as a lead groomer or a manager or a salon lead and step away without giving them the tools for success. At that point, it's on you. 
Like, and I know we're jumping all over the place, but again, this this is just what's fresh in our mind from what we heard, the people we engaged with, and the, you know we're. 35 minutes now, so I guess we can save some of this for uh, next week. Uh, we do. We met a lot of great people. We've got some people in the books. Coming up uh, next Friday, we'll be in Denver. No, Colorado Springs. Yeah, Colorado Springs at the Rocky Mountain Groom Expo. So, again, it's their first year, inaugural year. There's some great speakers. Um, instructors. Instructors. There's uh, some competitions going on. Uh, we'll have a couple classes there, um, you know, building a team. So a lot of team building stuff for leaders, for managers, groomers in the green, understanding your money. And that's more of how to set a budget, to know your pricing, to know what you need to charge, to know how to figure out what you need to charge, figure out how to, you know, have a profit. All these things, you know, how to afford that software you want, how to afford to bring your team you know, to these educational things. And then we've got a mobile grooming, keep it moving too. So, I mean, if you're interested in the mobile, how to expand, how to grow, if just getting started, the pros and cons. So, you know, just some great education out there, great speakers. It's at a really awesome dog training boarding facility. Um, if you guys have a chance to check it out, I mean, I just highly recommend it. It's going to be a great expo. And that's, yeah, just next week starts July 7th, 8th and 9th. Colorado Springs. Yeah, and we do have a few uh, spots open for coaching in the month of August. Uh, you can reach us on our Facebook page or our personal pages. Um, but we do have a few spots open. Like I said, we've, we're fully booked for July just because of uh, finishing up our project of opening our new kennel and what we already have on the books. But in August, we do have a few spots open. We may end up raffling and giving one of those away while we're in Colorado. Yeah, and then we'll also put our... Um cell phone number in the show notes so if there's something if you want to get on the podcast if you want to ask us questions if there's something you just you know want us to address and maybe bring up and talk about or something too and um just you know leave us a voicemail and we can set up a time to meet with you send us a text like todd said follow us on facebook we've got a lot of content we're building and so we're starting to put those pages together and you know really get some good stuff out for you guys all right guys until next time thank you have a great week <laughs>